The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. What's up, Flipboard fam? This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I have the incomparable Stacy Boudry and Hall of Famer, Dr. Michael Milstead here with me. In this week's episode, we continue our conversation with the good buddy, Carl Hooker. We continue to detail how collaboration tools support instruction and how well they work with Flipboard. Carl discusses his go-to apps and he tells us about Trello. Trello is a free platform that allows students to collaborate on assignments with purpose. Trello also works amazingly with Flipboard. I even flipped an example of the scientific method Trello board into our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine and it looks great. So without further ado, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for the break. Stacy, take it away. Yes, sir. So, Carl, how do we increase that collaboration? It's an important skill that students need to have and to be career and college ready. And I would say that probably, you know, when it comes to the four C's, we talked about creativity and communication a little bit earlier. I think that when it comes to collaboration, that's one of the harder things to do right now with online learning. Only because I feel like most of the communi- most of what we're doing is just one-way communication or kind of an email blast or a blast out to our students and they respond back. In terms of collaboration, the good news is, is there's a lot of g- great tools out there that teachers are probably already using their toolkit. And you just have to think about using them a different way. For example, Google Doc. So you could put three or four kids on a Google Doc, have them all kind of go through it together, kind of check and see how many of them are actually doing the work supposed to be doing because it does keep record of all that, which is great. One tool that I've started using quite a bit as a professional, but I've also used with students, there's one called Trello. Trello is really just like kind of a project manager board where you can have different students go in and you basically assign them different tasks and have them kind of work with each other and collaborate on which projects they want to get through together. When it comes to group projects, since a lot of this is going to have to be done remotely, I mean, using some sort of tool like a Trello, some sort of project management, kind of a light web-based software, which again is easy to use, it's drag and drop, you can use it on a phone and it's free, which we like, something like that to help them collaborate and work toward a common goal. I think is important. I think the way you would start that with an online online learning would be to start with a simple project where you say, you three students, I'm assigning you guys to figure out the information. You have this amount of time to do it. Keep it kind of light in terms of the content just to make sure they can kind of get through that collaborative part and then slowly start to ramp that up. That's awesome. That's a great idea. And then finally, part of the four C's, the last one, critical thinking. This one's difficult, but I feel this one is probably the most difficult for students and teachers. Requires, it requires students to think through a process versus picking the ABC choice like a test. Yeah, and I think this was a, this was the hardest one in a regular classroom too. I'd walk into <laughs> math classrooms sometimes and see things like what I call kind of, I would I call it kind of monkey see, monkey do in terms of like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Now you do what I do. Yeah. And what I'm seeing now is, uh, especially now that they don't, t- students don't have that crutch in terms of like being able to instantly reach out to the teacher. It's actually helping a little bit, at least in our household, and I'm seeing it with some of my peers, again, other parents in the community, in terms of like the students are going to have to kind of get through that creative struggle 
Now, I will be honest. I mean, for a parent out there dealing with this, it's not always a great uh, thing because you're also hearing the frustration with your students. So again, with teachers, I would say for this tool, just like with collaboration, start light, start with something that's like, okay, I'm going to have you kind of figure out this. Maybe it's research on something. Maybe it's like going through, especially now where they need to really discern what is really good information because there's so much information being thrown at us. Right. Uh, and even right. keep it current with, a, with, if it's age appropriate, talk about, you know, COVID-19, talk about the coronavirus, talk about some strategies and have them kind of argue the points. Because right now we're in the midst of a moment where states are starting to open up and some are staying closed. I mean, this would be a great discussion to have, maybe even on a Padlet wall where you could say, okay, I want you to argue what are the pros of opening things up right now? What are the cons of opening those things up? And have them really think for themselves about what that's like. Because I'll be honest, you know this too. There's probably a lot of adults that are struggling with that as we, as we speak. So uh, what a great opportunity yes. right now to kind of present that to your students. Yeah, <laughs> Flipboard too. Can I just yeah. throw that in there? I hear a lot of Flipboard going on. There's a here. lot of good Flipboard in there. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was just going to kind of piggyback off that question. You know, Carl, you mentioned starting light. And I know a lot of our listening audience, uh, we have maybe a lot of teachers and maybe administrators also uh, with our at-risk populations. Would you recommend that same concept for them also when it comes down to requiring kids to think critically? Yeah, and I and I think it was uh, it might have been Dean Shiresky who shared this a few weeks ago on Twitter, and I love the the idea, and that's the the whole idea, and this goes with all students, but especially with at risk, you right. want to start with um you want to start with Maslow's before you go with Bloom's, right? You want to make sure that that kids are you know that you're supporting their needs first of all in terms of like making sure they're okay and they're supportive. It's going to be awfully hard for them to learn if their environment is in total chaos, and and that just that goes without speaking for any person, it doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult. So right. I think start there. And then when you, we were just talking about, yeah, scale up those right. little bits of critical thinking elements So start with something light, start with a, I want you to go out and try to find this on your own. I'm not going to give you, even give them something where it's like, I'm not going to give you the instructions on how to do it. I'm going to say, right. my goal for you is you need to produce something. And I was talking about my daughter earlier with her first grade project of uh, a life cycle of a butterfly. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you're going to have to create something. I'm not going to tell you step one, step two, step three. You just need to figure out a way to represent that. And at first, it is a little bit of a struggle, but if you mm -hmm. kind of slowly build those up, I think that helps. And it gets them feeling a little bit more autonomy and independence, which actually increases their confidence, which is a good thing. So specifically what you just put your daughter into the mode of application. And I think the 21st century learner is going to be one of the first learners to apply specifically what they learn almost in a nanosecond, because it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of pass fails and our students are going to have to be comfortable with failing. And as long as they have the ability to be creative and to communicate and then find somebody who is going through the same situation and find ways that they can work together while they critically think, I think that's where the 21st century learner is going to surpass the rest of the generations that's been here because son is in the fourth grade. And I think the statistic that I saw was 45% of the job that second graders are going for haven't even been invented yet. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of learning as we go. So I applaud you as a father and as an administrator for putting your daughter in that situation. I think it's a, it, was a, it was a World Economic Forum that met back in January before all this kind of blew up. And it was, they just come out with their top, top 10 job skills for the future workforce, knowing that in 30 years, you know, I think it's a professor out of Rice who said that in 30 years, you know, 50% of jobs will be automated, which some people see and get scared and like, oh, what are we going to do? And like, well, that also means there's going to be new opportunities and new jobs. And like you were saying, they're going to have to be able to react quickly to those things and be able to communicate and collaborate on a, on, a, on a dime and then being able to pivot quickly when something like a pandemic is thrown their way. How right, do you adjust right. to that? Uh, I really do see a lot more grit being built up with our kids right now, which I think 
was much needed. I don't know about so you guys, important. but I've seen it in a lot of the communities. Oh, yeah. They're actually, they're learning that grit yes. now. And I, and, and I, and I, you know, I try to see silver lines in everything. And I think that's something that we're going to get out of this experience. And grit and perseverance. Point. We need more of both. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, looking at Taj Mahal, you know, where I said it's going <laughs> to, it's, it's grit. It, it, it works both ways because now we have to pull along teachers who have seen the most change in their whole career. If you started teaching in 1995 and you've seen, you've seen the typewriter, you've seen yep. pen and paper, you've seen the start mm-hmm. of the computer age. And now we're not even in computer mm-hmm. age anymore. We're in a digital age. And so we're mm-hmm. augmented reality, virtual yep. reality. We're bringing all those people along. So, you know, even from where we sit in administration, you know, there is growth that can happen for administrators as well. And Will, I've also, I've seen just kind of the opposite too. I've seen those that are fresh out of college that were also digital, digital natives in some sort. And was, and you know, and a lot of them may, teachers, that is, they may have been, um, you know, reluctant to actually use the online learning and yep. not digital learners. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've yeah. seen where some of the older teachers were, you know, they were, you know, they were more open to embracing the uh, technology and um, and working and, and working with kids because it was a new experience for them. So I think it kind of goes both ways. I do see that mm-hmm. also with college, when you talk about college prep programs now too, because I think the assumption is like you're saying, Dr. Mills said, is that they're they're the natives, which is true. They can pick right. up tech pretty quickly, but are they using it thoughtfully? Are they thinking about how to use right. it best for learning? Where you right. have that Perfectly. seasoned veteran who knows that stuff. And it's like, all right, if I can get through the tech mm-hmm. stuff, then I can get to the really good learning stuff. Um, right. So that's right. That's right. I think you're right. Age doesn't really matter in that case. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that the podcast really, what I really want to focus on the pillars of it is these four, the four C's, like in every episode, one way or another, we're going to revisit these. And I thank uh, Sir Ken Robinson and Lou Aronica for writing the book, Creative School, Grassroots Revolution to Change the Schools. I think that's a, a very important topic. And I think it was very timely. The book was written in 2015, but it's also clear for us right now. And if you don't know how to teach, come into a classroom. If you can get the pillars of just being creative, thinking about your communication between synchronous and asynchronous, whether you're face-to-face or you're on a computer, collaborating and critical thinking, that's, your, that's the core of good teaching. Yes, and don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need help. And I want to thank uh, my homeboy, Mr. Carl Hooker, for coming on our show and dropping a lot of knowledge. Not too late. <laughs> hey, hey, man. I'm, <laughs> hey, cause one thing I can say about you, dude, you have always been a very innovative. All the stuff like the PD with the with the headphones. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's five. It's five professional developments going on at one time, but everybody's connected to headphones. You can only hear what's going on on the headphones. And you, if you don't like the professional development, then you would switch it and go to the next. I'm like, man, that is so deep. <laughs> It puts the presenter on the spot. If you got to keep engagement, even with your adult learners, right? And if you can't do that, then you will physically see them turning you off uh, yeah, and, yeah. and switching to somebody else. So it was yeah. for a presenter. I know my presenter friends who did it, they said it was a, one of the scariest things they've ever done. But uh, it, it, is great for, it is great for engaging the adult learner, too. Hey, man, in the immortal words of Rick James, cold-blooded. <laughs> so, Carl, if, if, if folks wanted to kind of get in t- contact with you yeah. as a keynote speaker or do a presentation, uh, where, where can they reach you at? So, uh, the first place I would start out is my website, and it's uh, got a really strange name. It's carlhooker.com. No. <laughs> start there. Wait, can you spell uh, that not, out for me? Just <laughs> not carlthehooker.com. Not Carl, no, no. Yeah, and don't just look up hooker because that's a whole other thing. 
No. Yeah. Be careful. I'm blocked. I'm blocked in my own. District. Um, no, but uh, carlhooker.com works. Also uh, at Mr. Hooker on Twitter is a quick way to, I'm really quick on responding that way. And then um, of course, email carl at hookertech.com if you want to reach out to me directly. And yeah, happy to do. I'm putting together some virtual PD packages for the summer um, already and trying to help some districts out with that. I'm uh, just figuring out ways that I can help um, as well. Cause I, I, don't idle hands don't do well for me either. So I need to stay right. active and stay busy. So um, I do appreciate y'all bringing me on here and I hope I can help you guys any way I can. Billstead, what is your Twitter? My Twitter is at Dr. Millstead. And Stacy, what's your Twitter? Mine is at Stacy BTX, but I have a funky name. It's at S T A C I E B like boy and then T X for Texas. Okay. Gotcha. So what we're going to do is you will be able to find a lot of Carl's information inside of our Flipboard magazine at Flipboard EDU podcast on Flipboard. So when you subscribe to our magazine, a lot of Carl's information, some of his YouTube videos, some of those greater presentations that he's done will be in there. And so you'll be able to flip it and see it. Carl, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you as a guest. Thank you very much. Thanks. Y'all be safe and stay sane. Flipboard fam, I'd like to give a huge shout out to the home girl, Janice Fire. She did it again. Got a really nice tutorial on YouTube. How to make a smart magazine using Flipboard. This is great. First of all, what you have to do is you have to open up the Flipboard app and navigate to the top left. After you do that, you select add new from the navigation bar. Then you will pick a topic for your smart magazine and type the topic into the search box. Let's say you're looking for science or maybe you want to find some more information about math. Flipboard will generate a smart magazine so they to curate the news for you and you can access it at your fingertip. This is a great tool for teachers. Shout out to Janice Spire. You did a great job. Subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Wow, that episode is already over, man. We had a great time visiting with the homeboy, Carl Hooker. I want to thank Mr. Hooker for taking the time out to talk with us about professional development and app smashing on episodes three and four. We have flipped some of Carl's articles, his YouTube videos, a little bit of his podcast and our Flipboard magazine. You can find Carl at Mr. Hooker on Twitter. Stay tuned to the program next week because we'll have another special guest, Mr. George Kuros, where we'll be discussing some of his books, The Innovative Mindset, Innovating Inside the Box, A Little Basketball, and most importantly, Building Relationships. Last but not least, we want to give a special shout out to all the teachers who are burning the midnight oil, going to students' houses to read in the driveways, being homeschooling parents themselves, which is rarely mentioned. To all the parents who found a new respect for the profession, we really appreciate you too. So come back next week. Can't wait to see you next week.